Hey, what's up? Hello, Rajiv Nathan from Idea Lemon and the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast here. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to just thank you for being a loyal listener to our show, which helps keep us going, as well as let you know that if you've been enjoying the show, any of these episodes, you might want to check out the Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass. It's a new online program that we've just released. Enrollment is open until December 30th for the January class. The Discover Your Inner Awesome Masterclass is a 10-week online course designed to help take you from, I have so many ideas, I don't know how to get started, or I have an idea, I just don't know how to actually do something about it, or man, I wish I had a really good idea because then I could make some moves. It's designed to take you from that stage to, holy crap, I'm actually building this thing out. We show you how to find your unique voice, find the right audience, brand it, and build it. If you love this podcast, you will definitely love the course. So check it out at www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. Again, enrollment for the January cohort is open until December 30th, 2015. So get in on it now, www.discoveryourinnerawesome.com. On to the show. Shag seems to be our thing. Let me. Shag is great. I think it's making a really good inventive comeback. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to be free as this song. Wait a second now. You can't tell me it's wrong. When I'm trying to be free as this song. Gather round children and listen up. It is time for Idea Lemons Discover Your Inner Awesome Podcast. My name is Rajiv Nathan. I'm the co-host of the show alongside Martin McGovern. This is Discover Your Inner Awesome, the show where we have kick-ass conversations with dope-ass people. That means entrepreneurs, artists, and musicians. We sit down with them and we explore an interesting and important life question to help all of us out here better understand who we are and what the hell we're doing. In this episode, we have a round table. Well, it's actually a long table. But anyways, we talk with Greg Archer, an entertainment journalist and author of Grace Revealed, a memoir, a book he published in 2015 about his family's history and surviving the Stalin era. Our conversation, given what he had to go through and what he had to overcome mentally to actually sit down and write and publish that book, is around vulnerability and we ask the question why does vulnerability matter it's a great episode so without further ado let's dive right in now to our conversation with greg archer why does vulnerability matter let's listen in gosh vulnerability why is it why does it matter well um it's just so juicy and I have so much experience in it. So, um, vulnerability, I mean, don't you find that um, when you kind of let go of the thing that you're clinging to or the cliff that you're hanging on and you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you kind of like ultimately fall into some net of strength or something like that? There's a strength in it? There is. What do you think? There is. Actually, this morning we were just talking before you got here. And we both started talking about our respective exes. And I I was saying how, you know, for me, it's been a little over a year now. For Martin, it's been closing in on like nine months, probably. Wow, yeah. Eight, nine months. 
Um, and for the most part, I'm over everything that happened. But every now and then, you'll like see something that will kind of like get you, you know, right? With an ex. So yesterday morning, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw my ex post a photo with her new boyfriend. And just for that, like you know, a little solitary second, you're just like, ugh, you right. have that feeling. And so we started discussing this. And then Martin, you mentioned how every night like you, you've seen something with your ex before well it's mostly just like the holidays or, yeah. you, you remember a year ago what was I doing at this time so it's like on Halloween a year ago oh I had a couple's costume like just like little things it's like well what am I going to be this year oh what, what was I what was I years past and then you look at years past and you're like oh right those things yeah okay. just like reminders right like a twinge of yeah yeah yeah. And then you're like, well, but why am I feeling that way? It's like, well, you know, where am I at today in relation? <laughs> like, what are the things going on? And it's not that it's good. It just is what it, it is, is, right? What it it's is. not good or bad. But what's funny to me is, because we never, I mean, we, we we did talk about some of that stuff a while ago, like when it was fresh for you, when it was mm-hmm. fresh for me. But it's been a long time since either of us have talked about our respective exes, because we've, for the most part, gotten over it. But... Had I not said anything, I was like, you know, this funny thing happened yesterday morning. I would have no idea that that's the kind of thoughts that you're having now. Because in my mind, the way your brain operates, you're like, well, that chapter of my life is done. And yeah. it didn't, it's like well, out right. of sight, out of mind. And that goes back to the strength thing. Like, is it what we're taught about strength throughout our life is that there's strength in silence and sucking it up and manning up and. The real strength is admitting that things aren't perfect and that you have feelings that you're trying to deal with. Right. I think there's a lot more strength in saying, you know what, I'm kind of falling to pieces and falling together all in the same, um, rather than kind of wrapping it up in a nice little box and trying to keep it together and and fooling yourself and trying to fool other people. Because one's honest and the other one's a facade. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what we found... I think the more and more we do this podcast and the more listeners reach out to us, the more we find that the less we try to even pretend things are perfect, the more people enjoy listening to the show. Like, you know, the last episode we did about struggle uh, and what does it mean to struggle, like tons of people, well, I was either tons of people or a handful of people reached out with like really important things that they had said, but they were like, hey, it's nice to know someone else is going through this too and you know, everyone can post online like how perfect their lives are, but at the end of the day, there are things that are happening. Not everything is perfect. Yeah, I think I think that, especially when you're in between things, like in between jobs or in between, like, oh, okay, I'm here and I, I have that vision and I'm going toward that vision, and how the heck do I get to that thing from here when I feel like this and. And, and there's doubt and there's fear and you're trying to find the strength. I think for me that's when um, admitting that you, you know, you're vulnerable, that you, you need maybe assistance or guidance or, or collaboration or, um, or mentorship or something like that. I don't think we're supposed to do these things alone. I think that you know, it's kind of funny, like we live in this amazing world where we're more, inter- where we're more connected with one another now, but often ask myself how like how how connected are we really or how much smarter can we get in being better connected with each other in this world that seems to connect us so fluidly more so I think a lot of it seems to me that there are a lot of I don't know there are a lot of people out there that are, are, are 
probably more vulnerable than we, we care to admit because you're right mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're kind of it's still like in the, the paradigm or, or the mass culture where we're taught or we're just we're picking up on stuff where, where we're told we gotta keep it together we have to present ourselves in a certain way we have to be strong we have to be focused we have to be that person who's posting those types of things on Facebook or those types of things on Instagram or this is our brand now so we gotta model ourselves after our brand we're human beings you know so you know I mean every we're not the same person every day mm-hmm. to me yeah or at the very least people saying like fake it till you make it so it's like you know even even when you're out there knowing that you're not perfect at everything you're you're still trying to fake it in some way right right because I would imagine like the endeavor that you guys are, are have been undertaking there must there must be a lot of pockets of vulnerability in this whole thing yeah right <laughs> it's, it's one giant exercise in vulnerability right <laughs> right yeah I can relate to that I mean I you know I was running a like a really great media you know portal and Central California for many years and um, and I I got you know kind of a clue and a sign for lack of a better word to kind of follow through on following something that I knew wasn't going to be very comfortable which was exploring my family's story you know and putting it finally putting it into a book and through um, a series of serendipitous encounter you know circumstances it was like okay you're going to do this because like you're getting signals from the universe or whatever yeah. or from you know uh, the world that this is what you're going to do but in doing that it, it, you kind of you know I had to kind of face a lot of things that weren't very comfortable and I think that's what happens sometimes when we're we're like we're kind of at a crossroads and we're like oh god I'm supposed to go that way and I'm supposed to be that person I'm supposed to be doing that thing I'm supposed to be offering that thing I'm supposed to be much bigger maybe than I ever thought I was supposed to be mm-hmm. or whatever you know so to me I find that such a rich juicy place to, to kind of be in because you're kind of like you're both strong and you're kind of you know so so my yeah my questions are always like you know like how, how do you really maneuver that with you know with, you know obviously admitting it but you know what are some other ways to get you through that and I'm always fascinated by that well so can you explain what some of those because you were having conversations with your family members right Right. From your past. Right. How hard was it, or what was it like to even broach the topic with them? And then how did you, how were you able to get into a groove almost and allow them to share their stories? Yeah, I mean, for me, the for me, it was writing a book about what they went through, like surviving Stalin during the 1940s. So, like, how do you, like, how do you turn into that and, like, kind of keep your heart sort of light and, mm-hmm. and keep a sense of humor and, like, how do you... Like, how do you interview all them and listen to, like, even though you've heard these stories before, but how do you really get to the nitty-gritty and, like, get into, like, wow, okay, that's their story arc. This is a part of history. This is a part of history no one's really ever really discussed. You never really heard about it mm-hmm. in World War II. And you're an entertainment writer, Greg, and you interviewed celebrities, and your life has been all about glitz, and now you're going from glitz to gulag. So, like, <laughs> what the hell? Like, how this wasn't my trajectory. I didn't really want it, you know? So how do you... So for me, it was like, how, how do I turn it? So I just kind of was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll turn it. I really actually got a sign. I went into my office one day, and there was a broken picture frame of my family on my desk, and there was like no way that picture could have fallen from <laughs> over there to my desk and cracked open with the you know the glass open in the family. It's almost like they were trying to come out of the glass, yeah. you know. 
So I was like, and I, what's funny was I was in a yoga class, what, like not even an hour and a half earlier asking for a sign and what I should do. And here's this, you know, I walk into my office and here's this, I'm like, wow, that was quick. <laughs> you know, it's like when you live in Northern California, you're like, you kind of like, you kind of get the signs. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. that's a sign. So, or it's on a license plate for me or something, <laughs> or, or I see it, you know, like I stop at a stop sign and it's like. The word don't is above stop and believe in is below stop. And, you know, it's like, okay, got it. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, I, I you know, I just, uh, I just kind of, kind of plowed through it, but it was, it was weird because it was like, it kept opening up more, more doors. It wasn't just like get their stories and get this information. It was mm-hmm. over, it was more like an emotional, it, it, an emotional journey for me. Um, because all this stuff and research about epigenetics started coming up and it's like, you know, who we are and who are, are, who are what our histories are sort of live on through us. The unresolved traumas of you know, past family generations have a tendency to kind of live on through the changes whole field of research. And I'm like, what am I getting into? I just kind of want to interview, you know, uh, I don't know, Chris Pine again. Can I, <laughs> can I just get on the phone or meet some, you know, go to press junket or go on a red carpet and do a, you know, a, a, a Comedy Central roast again, you know, and, and have it be really fun. But it was like, well, you can, but you can't really avoid this. So, right. It's so it's kind of like nipping at you, nipping at you. It's really kind of getting you. So I guess sometimes you, you have those circumstances in your life where you can't really run away from that thing you know you're supposed to really kind of turn into. You're so like supposed to stop and go, okay, I'm facing you and I'm walking right into you. And I'm going to trust that I'll, you know, some road will be, you know, opened up or some door will be opened up or more bricks will be placed on the road or, or the bridge will be built as I'm walking on it rather than waiting for the bridge to be there. And, yeah. So, so I, I don't know how that works for lots of people, but for me, that it, it worked in just, um, you know, uh, getting, just kind of like, like really kind of, okay, this is real, like get in touch with yourself, like, like get, get in touch with like who we are, like what we're doing here, like, mm-hmm. you know, which for me, it was like, okay, meditate, do yoga, do, do those things that tap into your higher self, your higher consciousness is a flow of things, um, that's how it worked for me. Um, maybe with some chocolate binges and popcorn binges <laughs> in between, but um, but it's kind of like you, you kind of have to you know clear your tubes out in a way. You're causing your colon? Yeah, that too. <laughs> Take fiber; it helps. It really does. Because actually, as a side note, you know, digestion really is the the most primary thing people need to be thinking about. Because if you have a good digestive system. It's all good, man. It's all good. So the Taco Bell I ate the other night was a negative. I let, if there was meat in it, there was no. I don't know. <laughs> it's for you. It's good for you. I don't care. So aside from uh, digestive health, uh, what what did you learn about yourself going through the whole experience? Um, I well, I I learned a lot. I think that I'm probably I'm probably um, a lot stronger than I thought I was. I, I think we. We probably all are, um, and, and braver and more courageous. Cue the Britney Spears song. All right. <laughs> Stronger. <laughs> yeah. I always like that song. 
than I ever thought that. Am I singing a different song? That's the same song. Okay. It's just like that's the, I was singing the bridge. You were singing. Okay. <laughs> I used to teach spin. I still do. Like, but I took a break. But I used to use that song, climbing a hill. Yeah. Um, it's a solid hill song. <laughs> it's a solid hill song. It's good for your quads. Um, but I guess I also learned that I, as a creative person, have, a, for some reason, a huge capacity to. Um, I know, there's sort of like an empathic thing. There was an empathic thing going on. I had a huge capacity to, like, understand um, the not-so-foreign language of, of emotions and, and, and generational emotions that can be carried mm-hmm. through, you know? And when I when I stopped and really fully admitted, like, so what are you saying, Greg? Like, are you saying you, you, you've, you, you, you've carried some of these emotions that may not have been resolved from your previous generation and I thought I guess that is what I'm saying and then you know then you go to therapy and try to figure it out I'm like I'm a better therapist than that person so why am I entertaining <laughs> that therapist on the couch you know, yeah. paying me I'm really good you know <laughs> so but I think we I guess what I'm saying is that, I, that that's what I learned I learned that I'm a lot stronger I'm a lot braver and I have huge capacity to carry a lot of emotion my own and probably other people's and so that's kind of something I'm learning how to sift through and figure out yeah, and um, yeah, that 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 uh, that I it takes grit, and I'm glad that I kind of stepped into that thing that I didn't really, you know, feel comfortable doing because there's there's juicy stuff on the other side and through it. You know, right. If I look back and if I have not done any of it, like it, it it's just. Uh, it, it's there was too many serendipitous synchronistic events that occurred that were even like I could not have coordinated that were not really about me or the book but it was more about the community and bringing people together and so I think if I hadn't followed on that path those particular things wouldn't have happened you know, like here in Chicago or here in different book events and stuff so so yeah those are a few things I learned well to go back to what you were saying before um to undertake the task of doing the story about surviving Stalin. That sounds like a, like a TV show. Surviving Stalin. Right. Like a, <laughs> like a bad sitcom. Like, <laughs> Oh, Stalin. Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. are you not doing what I said to do it? There, there, right. was, a, there, was, there was a Hitler sitcom that was like a Honeymooners. Kind oh, of God. Thing. No, that was on Family Guy, wasn't no, it? No, that was a real sitcom that happened back oh, in the day man. in Britain. <laughs> Just, just saying, it's out there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but what you said was you, your immediate or initial thoughts were, I'm an entertainment writer. I can't be going into all this, or that's not my thing to be diving into this now. But one of the things I know I've learned, I think you'll agree, Martin, is the moment you detach from I'm a blank, right? because if you associate that as your identity then you allow the reality to be just shaped around that one identity. So when you detach from I'm a entertainment writer and instead think instead, no, I'm a person who enjoys entertainment writing right. and who does that for a living, but I also have these interests too. It allows you to form your identity around who you are as a person and not necessarily what you're doing for a set number of hours a day. Right. That's a beautiful distinction because I think a lot of us out there identify with this is our role. This is our job. We are our jobs. I, I know I did for many years. Yeah. You know, 
as an editor of a weekly magazine in California, it was, you know, you kind of, it just sort of, I don't know how it happened, I don't know if I did it or it just, you know, was a collaborative thing, but, um, and then with trying to get ahead in the world and, you know, becoming like something like an entertainment writer and a reporter and a journalist and what does that mean and how do you bring something new to the table? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think a lot of us identify with, with that. But you're right, like at the core, we are, we are a human being, we're a person, like first. And these other things are, 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 are pathways toward expression. Yeah, and, and that's a good way to put it, pathways towards expression. And then you just find, what's another pathway I want to be able to express this belief or this thought or this interest of mine? And I think that allows you to, to take on that vulnerability a little bit better because you just see it as another pathway instead of like, this is all everyone is enter- this is all anyone is ever going to see about me. Mm-hmm. It's just this thing, but it's like no. This is you know. There's several roads I'm undertaking in this quote unquote journey. This is one exit ramp that I have to go on. You know, like my car's got to get filled up and get gas. I got to get some food. This is just that exit ramp. I'll get back on the highway soon. Yeah, it's making that like discerning, mm-hmm. discerning that. It's very interesting. That's actually a rich topic too. You know, who are we? Like you know, like you know, are we our jobs? Are we our relationships? Are we our you know, and, like, and yeah, I don't know if there's an answer to that, but it's like we're all of those things, right? And there's something that yeah. that that unites all of those things, or there's something that there are uh, extensions of us. Yeah, yeah, right. And to the stop sign point, where you said it's like don't stop <laughs> believing right. on the stop sign. There is one out here on Fulton is Street, <laughs> but it says or on Kinsey rather, it says uh, <laughs> stop. Including me in group texts. <laughs> and I saw that and I knew that was a sign <laughs> to stop creating group threats. <laughs> I'm just going to start posting signs along my commute. <laughs> like every day, just like, you're awesome. Yeah. Just like high five it every day I get on the train. Right. Stop being awesome. <laughs> stop high fiving this sign. But what about you guys? Like, like, what is helping you move through your certain vulnerable spots? Or what are you finding yourself? most vulnerable about lately? I think for me, most recently was a, a couple weeks ago, or I guess last week, I I had my birthday and then afterwards I... It's weird. Me <laughs> yes. too. It's a weird way to say it. I had my birthday. <laughs> um, I, was, I was birthed again. For me, it was um, after my birthday, I just, I wrote this like Facebook post that was like Here's everything that I had learned this year or had reinforced in this past year. And it was, you know, like, it's one of those ones that was long enough where you have to, like, click to read more and it pulls right. up a second page. <laughs> right. Or a second tab. I've done that. You're a good Sagittarius. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it was probably, I don't know, maybe a dozen or so bullet points that were about a paragraph each. I mean, just about all the things I had learned in the past year. But the hardest one for me to write was saying something like, building a business is fucking hard. I've had to move back in with my parents to try and make this happen. And that's something that I've pretty much been masking for this. You know, it's only been, what, three months, I think, I've been living with my parents. But um, outside of having conversations with people I already know, who would know that anyways, it's not something I outwardly promote or tell people. But the, so that hardest bullet point in writing that was saying, I live with my parents right now. Because to me, that's like a huge, like, swallow my pride kind of thing. You know, I've always, since college, I've taken a lot of pride and ownership in my own independence. And, um, you know, since 19, I haven't lived 
with my parents because I went to DePaul, as did you, and you live in the city during the summer anyways because you have an apartment down here. And to get that off my chest, it, it took a lot, but it also felt good to just put it out there and to know that, like, you know, not anyone was necessarily, no one really cared even, right? <laughs> like, I, like one of my, my friends at my yoga studio, she talked to me a few days later and was like, was like, I, was, I think that was really cool if you'd be able to say that. She's like, I've lived with, I lived there. She's like, you're only 27, right? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, yeah, I lived at home from 27 to 29 so I could buy my, save up to buy my own place, which now I've lived in for the past nine years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, I guess there are reasons people do this. Mm-hmm. It's not like the most shameful thing in the world. But then not only did that take a lot to just put that out there, but now it's easy for me to say, right? Like I've avoided saying it on this podcast the last few episodes we've done since I have lived at home. You said to me one day, you said, I'm not going to say it out loud because I don't want it to become a permanent thing. Like that, and like you've gotten past even that. Yeah. Because I mean, you know it's not permanent. Right. And so like that's, that's just a fear in your own head. You're like, I don't see myself as living with my parents. I see myself as in a temporary place so that I can get to the next place. Yeah. And it's like, it doesn't matter that it's temporary. It is what it is. And being honest with yourself about what today is and not living in tomorrow mm-hmm. and being honest about today helps you get to the next step. step. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. Right. And I think the, the ability to do that once then, just in that Facebook post, and now I feel like I can talk about it, right? That only a few days later is when, Greg, when we met, and I, and I just said it at that point too. And that's something that... Um, had we met like a week or two weeks prior, I probably wouldn't have felt comfortable saying it. But because, you know, we were vibing enough and I felt comfortable with you, but also because I already got it on my chest once, it's like, there's, the secret's out. Yeah. There's nothing I need to hide anymore. Right. And now it's okay to say it. Now I can talk about it on this podcast comfortably. Well, and whether or not we, we think we're just like, oh, well, no one will know, right? But it's still in your head. Yeah. Like, so whatever it is that you're not saying about yourself, whatever vulnerability you're holding back because you don't want people to judge you or you don't want people to know or whatever it is, it, it still is influencing how you act and how you're, you're showing up in the world. And that's one of the things that I've noticed where it's like, if you're, if you're holding something back, people can tell. And you're, you're not being fully present or fully honest or something mm-hmm. like that. And now that it's out there... You know, it's just like, well, you don't have that stress anymore. You don't even have to have that thought in your head right. while having a conversation of like, you get, you're having a sentence come out and then you have to like stop the sentence Yeah. and be like, oh, I don't want the rest of that sentence to be said. It's like, no, you just say the whole sentence and now you can connect a little bit deeper with someone. Yeah. Right. So vulnerability, there's like honesty. Yeah. Like, kind of like, go. Yeah. I think, yeah, they're right. either they're parallel or they're like married to one another one of the the two because if you have a fear in your gut it's gonna come through somehow and like I noticed one of the things that I'm trying to be more vulnerable about open with my vulnerability about is my actual opinions because one of the things that we have striven for in the past couple years is like don't judge people don't like if someone wants to live their life this way don't be like oh it's affecting me and get all like pissed off about it and uh, be open to other people's views and and I think all of that is extremely valid but not to the extent that you aren't being honest with yourself about what you actually believe as well so it's like you can sit and you can be completely open and listen to people and hear them out and all that stuff but at the end of the day you still have opinions and I think in the past I was scared of what people that people would judge me for my opinions of things and 
because I was scared people would judge me for my opinions, I just wouldn't express my opinions. And that, on the one hand, is like, okay, fine, I'm not pissing anyone off, or I'm not uh, causing any, any commotion, but on the other hand, I'm also not connecting, and I'm also not being real. I'm being placid, and I'm being flat. I think it also, I mean, a person is, in essence, just a collection of opinions, right? Mm-hmm. So by not having opinions, it probably makes someone less interesting and less memorable. Absolutely. And like, then, you know, you get in a room and it's like, if you start with the idea that, you know, I don't have all the information, so my opinions are already incorrect. It's like, they're just opinions. Now let's have a conversation about it and see where it goes. Now you can have a real conversation with someone instead of just being like, okay, I see your view. And then just be quiet. Like, mm-hmm. that's the end of the conversation now. It's just going to be silence. That seems very strange. Yeah. And so... I mean, we've been doing this with the podcast, we've been doing this with a lot of things, but instead of being like, you know, yeah, I, I, I fully believe that there are a million different ways to live your life. I truly believe that. But I'm choosing this way to live my life because of these reasons, and that's my viewpoint. And people agree with that or disagree with that. And usually I would just not talk about what it is that, like, oh, here's, like, why did you quit your job? Why are you doing these things? Why do you believe that this company matters? I'd be like, well, it matters to me. I know it might not matter to you, which would prevent me from having that conversation. But now it's like, no, well, what does matter to you? Because this is what matters to me, mm-hmm. and let's see how it can influence each other. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, there's a strength that comes with that. Yeah. Yeah. So those are, like, interesting learning curves that you guys kind of stepped into. But it sounds like you kind of stepped in. It's like you have the awareness to just see it. One thing we're not short on is awareness. <laughs> yeah. My, my family thinks I think too much. <laughs> yeah, I get that too. Even now, and I'm older than you, probably some years. <laughs> just but, a couple. Yeah, just a couple. Just a couple. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's been also vulnerable for me too. Um, you know, kind of... Uh, yeah, like, you're kind of, you know, for me, I see the last 18 months, like, after the paper was bought out, and, um, okay, I'm going to finish this book, and go on this journey, and I'm going to trust. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like, if, when I look back on it now, it's like, this has been such kind of like a mystical journey, because, like, every step of the way, it's been surrender, trust, surrender, trust, stop, just get out of the way, get out of the way, yeah. surrender, trust, surrender. And, like, everything that's happened, it's like these beautiful things kept unfolding, yeah. unfolding. And just when I thought it would, like, end, you know, like, okay, I'm going to go back to a conventional job. I'm going to run another magazine. It's a glossy. It's in Palm Springs. I'm really happy about that, I think. But no, I'm really kind of burnt out. Oh, my God, I'm burnt out. You know, I've been, like, doing this for, like, 14 years, and I'm burnt out. And this book was kind of heavy, and I'm burnt out. And it's like, wow, does anyone talk about burnout? Like, what's that? And, like, can, can I sit in the space of, like, being honest about that and, like, and now what? Like, do I stay in unemployment? Do I siphon my savings? Do I do? What do I do? And it's and then this, you know this whole thing from Maui just landed in my lap for ninety days. Like, please come watch three hundred baby olive trees and and uh, from a colleague from nowhere. It's like what? That's why you were in Maui? Yeah, to I'm watch like, trees. <laughs> yeah, really. I would like go down these little pathways of trees and 
make sure they were all tied and the deer didn't get them and then I thought well you might as well make this like your life is a soundtrack so I started playing music to it and I started like saying good juju to them and like, yeah. became the Owl Tree Whisperer I don't know yeah. Yeah. it's like when you're in Maui things start happening <laughs> so I'm like okay I guess this is yeah. what's going on but so I guess I don't know what I'm really saying other than like you know I guess there's a certain art to trust and vulnerability and, and surrender and because things things do show but sometimes I think we're way too attached to thinking that we know like what the hell is really going on like yeah. when and especially like creative people like when you start interacting with the the whole thing of creativity it's like there's there's some juju up there that you're interacting with it's like we're what's the what's electric company out here in, in California ComEd yeah, so it's like there's a big ComEd plant in the sky and <laughs> we're just if we can, if we just plug in, in to, yeah. <laughs> to we, we get like a certain jolt. Like some some of us are refrigerators, some of us are microwaves, yeah. some of us are yeah. You know, we're, we're a different instrument or whatever. So I don't know. I kind of went on a roundabout circle. Well, to that though, and this is a conversation we just had the other day, Martin. So we were laughing because <clears throat> Martin was like, "So let's bring up that conversation again about like." Where do we want to take this business long term? And I was like, you know, we can have this conversation, but I am more focused on like, what are we doing tomorrow? And the rest of it will just kind of map out as it should if we just keep doing what we're doing. And he's like, well, yes and no, because if we hadn't have said, a, you know, a year and a half ago that we want to put have some type of something online that we can sell to people and that people can buy from us i would have never researched this entrepreneur ramit seti we wouldn't have bought his course on how to build an online business and we wouldn't be where we are today and i was like oh so you're the universe (laughs) exactly (laughs) as a vessel yeah well and and going into that it's like if I'm like everything that we're doing now, like I'm recording this podcast for on video as well, and like, what's the payoff of that tomorrow? So like, I was I was walking around with the camera yesterday, and I walked into next door, and I ran into a bunch of our old students, and he goes, "What's the ROI on that?" And I go, "I don't know. I'm doing it for myself right now." Yeah. And that's the true answer. I ha- there is no ROI on it right now. There is no view count that I'm like paying attention to because. It's not a today payoff. It's like a way down the line payoff of having this content and having these things recorded and yeah. having being able to look back and, and we're able to do this now like a year ago to go a year back into our podcast and say, look at where we were and look at where we are today. Mm-hmm. Like having that track record and that and, and that content to draw from, that's the value and you know, this podcasting will eventually turn into something else and the videos will eventually turn into something else and they'll keep evolving over time. But it's like you have to get started on these things and moving them forward as soon as possible. Like they won't just work like the actual the ideas I think will work themselves out over time. The tactics need to get started immediately and and slowly develop. And I think one of the cool things is like you're you're a writer, right? You've spent lots and lots of years writing. Sure you were doing entertainment. But the idea of doing this thing about your family didn't come along until after you'd already built the skill of writing. Right. If you came across the family idea and you'd never had all those years of writing, the book idea would have been insurmountable. Right. But because you started writing so long ago, 
the new idea of like this is what my life is now you have a skill that can be transferred to so many different areas right. and now you can say oh I'm going to go from entertainment to family right. and this is what I was talking about uh, with my friend yesterday because they or two days ago she goes you know I jump from idea to idea to idea and I never stay on anything long enough to become a master at it I'm always just like good enough and then I move on and I'm like alright well what's the one skill that you'll master even though the idea can be ADD and like so right now I'm like I want film to be the thing that I master and the ideas will consistently change the medium will be the same and your audio rap podcast whatever the or writing for you as well mm-hmm. but like it's the medium stays the same the ideas can change the people can change the, the output can change but you have one thing that you're going to build over time and get amazingly better at yeah and I think if you choose one skill that can be transferable to everything and work on that, then you can be ADD with your ideas as much as you want, be as cre- or as creative, maybe not ADD, <laughs> as creative with your ideas as you want, and they can jump around because you're still building a baseline skill that gets you through it. Yeah, it's like all feeding back into the original investment, mm-hmm. that core thing. Yeah, right? that's, that's what yeah, yeah it's, it's continuing to put it... And in doing that, and it's so to go back to me saying, you know, you're the universe, right? It's like... Yeah, you can say, oh, things are just happening, but there's also intentional breadcrumbs that are being thrown down by getting started. Because uh, what happens is, yeah, you can say, oh, it just happened. But if you're not already writing, as he just said, then the idea doesn't become, it might be, oh, my family's interesting. Well, that's kind of it. No, I can write about this because I know how to write. Mm-hmm. Or um, if we aren't hosting events as the start of Idea 11, we don't then look into, or we don't then find, hey, look, we're good at connecting people. How else can we connect people? Oh, let's start teaching these workshops. And then, you know, and on and on and, and, and so forth. But there's, it's like there's a balance between, yeah, the it just happens, but I think it just happens because there's this, there's this intentionality. Is that a word, intentionality? Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> There's this intentionality. Right. <laughs> I mean, I'm plucking it from somewhere in my brain. It's yeah, yeah. Intentionality is a word, and if it was not a word ten years ago, it's a word now. Yeah. yeah. All right. So yeah. there we go. On if you yada yadas in the dictionary. Yeah. Um, intentionality is well, and I and I think you need both. Like the fact that I'm constantly trying to think of where our brand's going to be in five and ten years, and you're constantly thinking about who we're selling to tomorrow, I think plays into each other. Mm-hmm. Like, I I can't think about. You know, I I'm, I do sell to some like our stuff, but you're more like interpersonal day to day, and I'm more like where is this going long term? And I think that without those two minds, what he's saying is I make us money. Yeah, <laughs> and I lay the groundwork for future money. Future, uh, future. Which money. I know, but it is true. Yeah, I mean, future money sounds like a good rapper. <laughs> right, right. I totally get that though, because I'm in collaboration with a, with a, with my pal Jeff in in um, California, and we're doing. We're launching a web series next um, month, I think, you know, February. And uh, and so, again, but we're very... So, like, I'm looking at you two, and it's like, oh, wow, is this is me and Jeff. You know? <laughs> it's like very, very similar, because I'm, I'm more like the, like, the, like the broader vision, like, like the five years down the road person, just like the detail, like the um, individual... Yeah, and, and it's 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 like you kind of have to like own those skill sets, I guess, mm-hmm. because like together you, it like creates this, you know, really great thing. Well, and that brings up too, I think, the reason or what allows vulnerability to happen 
like that Facebook status I wrote about here's everything I learned in the past year or whatever. There's no chance in hell I would have written that three or four years ago. Because the people I interact with day to day now are very different and I know would encourage something like that. Right. And so to like to to having to being next to Martin every day and just uh, the friend group that we've kind of uh, built now and the people that we interact with now, I can be more vulnerable because the people around me are encouraging that and they're being vulnerable themselves. So mm-hmm. it's just this like circle that keeps feeding into itself in a good way. It's like the difference between that and you take like, you know, like the old the old boys club or like uh, Jay in Modern Family, the, the grandpa slash the dad, right? Like he's always like, don't show your emotions. Like I play cards with my, with my friends and we only ever talk about like how the Dodgers are doing or, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, yeah, if the people you only ever are meeting are just saying, you know, keep this guard up it's manly or whatever, it's there's strength and not showing emotion, then you're never going to show emotion or show vulnerability. But if the people around you are telling you this is what I'm struggling with, today, yesterday was not a good day, here's why. Uh, what are you struggling with? If they're asking you those questions, then that that's almost its own outlet is, well, there's people who are willing to receive this type of uh, emotion and information from me. Yeah, what, I mean, the, yeah, that I love that joke where it's like, you went golfing all day yesterday. How did he not tell you that he has a girlfriend now? It's like, how would he have told me that? <laughs> like, during a game. Like, but, hey, uh, what do you think the club is on this hole? Uh, it's about a nine. Oh, and I'm dating someone. <laughs> it's like, it just doesn't come up. But, like, that's also a way that we've set up our, our hangouts with people. Like, they are made to open people up. And, yeah. like, on Wednesday we have... Um, a thing that I've been doing for a couple of years where you get 10 people in a room and you just talk about life and career. Sweet. And it's just like anything goes in that conversation and you can talk about struggles, you can talk about successes, you can talk about anything. And these uh, these things just let people become more real around each other instead of have to go into a room of networking and be like, I need to be perfect right. for the next hour. You go in knowing that the, the expectation is we're all here to learn. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Well, and yeah, and on top of that, I know, I think everything that we've done, podcast-wise and probably otherwise, whenever it's a, whenever it's showing, hey, we're not perfect, this is what we're thinking about, this is what we're going through, that's the stuff people enjoy and tell us that they like the best. Because this idea of vulnerability, everyone has shit they're going through. And this makes you more human. It's not as good of a story and it's not as relatable if everything was great all the time. Yeah, exactly. But if you're like, this is what sucks right now. Here's what I just had to get through. That People want to know that. Like, take The Rock, for instance, who we always talk about. A big part of his story is what he calls his seven bucks moment. I had seven dollars in my pocket and I knew I was either going to die in my pickup truck the next day or I was going to make something of myself. People want to know that he had, a, and he and he asked people, "What was your seven bucks moment?" And that's what people want to know is even that like, you can be successful even if you've gone through some shit in your life. Exactly, exactly. And it's 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 there's something, um, for lack of a better word, magical or um, inspiring or regenerative that happens when you start sharing those things, mm-hmm. and especially you know with like two or more, you know when you mm-hmm. you, you you 
get it you get it out there and you start having these discussions and you start you know because you start admitting something and then the other person starts sharing something and so and it's you know soon you have this sort of ball of like cool energy that's like okay we're like we're interacting with each other like because because we're really not here we're not alone you know it's almost michael jackson was right you phase of your life to another um, I think a lot of people you know I think like, I don't know if it's human nature or what I mean maybe some of us isolate we, we tend to get like but I, think, but I think that's the most beautiful opportunity to kind of like go out and, and like get yourself out there and, and start talking and being honest and you kind of blossom in a way you know I think that's also how you fill in the gaps like I think one of the things everyone especially now that you can watch a tutorial about anything right it's like we think that we can do it all ourselves and if we don't if it's not a natural thing that we know how to do we can learn it because you there's a resource somewhere to teach me how to sell or there's a research resource somewhere to teach me how to do CRM or there's a resource somewhere to teach me blah 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 and it's just like the other day when we had our client meeting and you're like come into the meeting because you're going to ask questions that I won't think to ask. Mm -hmm. And then afterward, you're like, see, you're good at sales. I'm good at getting them in the door. You're good at closing it. Yeah. And I'm like, I didn't even realize that. But I'm really bad at getting them in the door. Or, you know, it's just not my strength. And so it's like, now that we know that, let's work on that. Let's split that up. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when you can stop, when you can get out of this mindset that I have to do everything myself... You can start giving some of this stuff away to people and focusing your energy on the stuff that matters. We have a friend who's a painter, and she doesn't like to sell herself. And it's like, you can spend years learning how to sell, and she probably should learn at least the basics. Or she can get a manager to like go sell her stuff for her, or an art promoter or someone, and they get their cut of it. And then she'll like, she can take that stress out and focus on painting. And so those are the types of things I think when you start becoming really vulnerable you start admitting what you're bad at and you start admitting what you do need help with yeah and if you put that out there then you don't have to be this rock that can do everything by myself in isolation you can be someone you can be the rock you can be the rock <laughs> who surrounds himself with his exes to yeah. keep his businesses going <laughs> like he doesn't get rid of people in his life just because they've been through shit he keeps them around and they work on things together because he knows that they provide value to each other even if that relationship has ended yeah that's smart. Yeah. I shouldn't have let that. That's really good. What's that? 
that, that would be a good thing to implement. I mean, I guess for all of us, you know? yeah. I mean, because you know, there's so many people that come into our lives that we think that okay, well, that's kind of done, but maybe it's not. Yeah. And maybe there, maybe it's just transitioning into a new level. Yeah. Know, or a new place, um, which I find really kind of interesting too. And that's kind of another kind of vulnerability. It's like crossing that little bridge. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay, this relationship with this person, friendship or more or whatever business was like one thing, and now it's kind of moving into this. So I guess you have all these balls of. And that's the same as being attached to your job title. It's like yeah. we were. Let's. I mean, let's go back to dating. We were dating. We were boyfriend girlfriend, right? We broke up. Not you and I. No. Right. <laughs> well, you're the girlfriend, and so. Uh, so it's like you look at a past relationship. It's like that relationship is over. You're no longer dating. Now you can never speak to each other again. Yeah. Why is that? And it's just like, well, because we have these rules and we have these things in our heads. But if you're mature people who can move past like that job title of of relationship right. into a new formation of whatever that relationship is those are the people that I think are the most confident and most vulnerable and successful because they they know that none of the titles matter it's just whatever you're you're being open and honest with in the moment and so it's like yeah yesterday is different than today today is different than tomorrow Let's just be honest of where we're at at this moment. Well, it's funny because, like, like our friend, like, Levi and Harish and Veer and a couple of them, they run in this circle where, like, everyone in that group has dated, like, each other's girlfriend. Mm. (laughs) Like, like Veer's, I think, if he's still dating this girl, is his girlfriend because Harish went on a couple dates with her and he was like, you know what? I don't think we'd be good together, but my friend Veer, you guys would probably really get along. And they just, like, figure out within this circle, like, who's most compatible with one another and it's this crazy just, like non-orgy orgy (laughs) but it works for them and that's kind of like what you know going into it is with that group is they are totally cool and they don't have this ego about them where it's like no that's my girl like you can't date her now it's like they are all cool with it where it's the main girls world (laughs) yeah you know it's like if you want to date her go ahead I think here's what you should know about here's what I liked about her you know that kind of stuff and to be able to admit that whatever you brought to the situation wasn't the right like and be okay with that it's like not everyone's gonna mesh it's like here's here's my set of things it's not gonna work with everyone (laughs) right at the same time though i think people are in your life at certain times for certain reasons right so like my ex and i are on speaking terms like we're cool with each other we just don't really have a reason anymore to continue to keep talking which is, you know... But that is the evolution of that yeah. friendship relationship. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it took a while to get there. Yeah. But that's what it is. And it's not like we have to be on the phone every day. Not everyone's going to be the rock, you know, working with their ex. Yeah. That's not the point. The point is, whatever it is, are you honest with yourself about it? Or are you lying to yourself about it? Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to... I think, I think one of the I think lessons over and over again, right, is being honest with yourself being totally honest with yourself because I think if you want to move forward if you want to move through something if you want to transmute transform get to whatever um, you know be in this moment you know present you, you, there there has to be that sort of honesty and I guess that's a kind of vulnerability too because you kind of you know because if you're kind of made up in a certain way where you think you have to do this or that or, or think that or this or, or react this way or that way or you kind of fixed or whatever um, it kind of jiggles that all up, yeah. shakes it all up. Honesty. Yeah. 
honesty and vulnerability. We're back to that, like honesty. Mm-hmm. Bride yeah. and groom, honesty and vulnerability, right? right. right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a good marriage. Yeah, and I think part of it, and going back to the thing that I'm trying to be more vulnerable about, is my opinions. And the reason that I don't share them is because they could be wrong, right? And it's like, today they might be wrong. Voicing it will allow someone to correct me. <laughs> and then tomorrow I might have a more informed opinion. Yeah. Versus holding it in, not ever sharing it, and then just harboring an incorrect opinion forever. What type of opinions are you like talking about? You're talking about like uh, business opinions or personal opinions or really? I mean, I just it's it's like that line between being accepting of people and being. Um, it, it's I don't want to be judgmental of people, so I just ignore what like you know judgments pop up in your head, right? And like you can't control them. They do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and and like. I think, so like, the big one right now is political, right? Because it's so charged and everyone has so many opinions about it. And in, in college, uh, I was more conservative, and, but I was still too liberal for my family. And so like, when I would be home, I'd be too uh, liberal. When I was at school, I'd be too conservative. And so anytime I voiced an opinion, it was the wrong opinion. And so I just stopped having them. And I stopped paying attention to politics, and I stopped wanting to have any conversations related to politics with people. Yeah. And then with this new election cycle, I still have that sort of gut feeling where anytime politics comes up, I don't want to say anything because I feel like I'm always going to be wrong no matter what the opinion is. And so I just don't pay attention, and I don't engage anyone. And so if a political conversation starts happening, I just leave the room, which I guess in some cases is probably fine. Um, I don't want to get into a conversation about Donald Trump with anyone, um, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like those are still good conversations to have because those are ideas that matter. Like it, it, to ignore all politics and all news completely is just to ignore a huge part of the world and to not engage. And you know, I'm never going to have all the answers. I'm never going to have a, a fully formed position because all I can do is watch the news. But I can at least have an opinion enough to have a conversation with someone and be open to their opinion and, and talking through it. Mm-hmm. Right. So for you, it's like um, just allowing yourself to step into that. Yeah. And, and to be like, I like I would always say, like, I don't care about politics, which is bullshit. Because if I start having a, a conversation about politics, I'm going to have opinions about it. Yeah. But it to say, I think people, it's that same thing. It's that facade of strength right it's like I don't care but everyone cares about something yeah it's like everyone has something in them that is whether it's from nature or nurture or whatever you have ideas and so to say like oh I'm I, you know I'm just not an emotional person that's bullshit it's like oh I don't care about politics that's bullshit oh I, I, I don't pay attention to any like like oh I'm over my ex that's bullshit it's like everything is bullshit because you're just not being fully honest with yourself yeah and to be honest with yourself about your own opinions allows you to have conversations with other people about theirs. Right. The time has come for us to wrap this up. Before we do, Greg, where can our listeners find you and what are you working on? Well, you can find me on the Astroplane a lot. I hang out there, but... <laughs> what? It's <laughs> a long story. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, gregarcher.com is a... Is a uh, yeah, gregarcher.com or on YouTube if you just YouTube Greg Archer and YouTube, I'm there. And um, 
the book that I just came out with is Grace Revealed, a memoir. It's actually funny, even though it's about Stalin. So if you, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of oh Stalin. Way. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have a, a web series, like a comedic web series, coming out next, uh, either late January or early February, um, called the You and the Me. Okay. And it's uh, it, it's fun and frisky and playful and um, you know, and I think people will dig it. So awesome. Yeah. So to wrap this up then, we will go one by one and give our answer to this conversation's question. What was the question uh, theme again? It was, how, uh, why does vulnerability matter? So let's do this. Let's answer it as well as give one way we each individually can be more vulnerable or step into that vulnerability that we've talked about. So Martin, why does vulnerability matter? Uh, vulnerability matters because... When you're being vulnerable, you're not ignoring part of your personality. And what's one way you can be more vulnerable? Uh, one way I can be more vulnerable is um, not running away from hard conversations. My answer for why vulnerability matters is because I think it's what allows us to be human. It's almost like what separates us from being a robot uh, or being a pod or whatever you want to call it. But I think... At the end of the day, vulnerability is what allows you to connect with people and allows you to be more human. One way I can be more vulnerable, I think, is similar to not running away, not necessarily not, not running away from hard conversations, but um, those things that I'm hiding, just being okay with voicing them, um, because I've, I've got to have enough confidence in the fact that I have a good enough circle that I run in or circles that I run in that I'm not going to be judged upon for certain things. Nice. Greg, why does vulnerability matter? Vulnerability matters to me because um, it allows a pathway to truth and strength, a deeper inner strength, uh, which I find juicy and lovely. And one way I could be more vulnerable? Yeah. Um, you know, just when I thought I was done with uh, admitting I might need help or guidance or mentorship, um, it's like, oh, Stalin. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I think one way I could be more vulnerable is to, uh, you know, say, I surrender, I admit, I, I need some cool, great guidance and mentorship right now, and it's okay, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? You know, things have been juicy before, and they're going to be juicy again, and they're actually really juicy right now. So I love that word juicy. I yeah, you, yeah, you love I don't juicy. Know why that's up today? But well, I'm wearing my juicy sweatpants. So. Yeah, is that oh, yeah. juicy couture? Yeah. <laughs> Big J U C Y on the butt. Oh, nice. Yeah. Is your favorite Biggie song juicy? <laughs> it can be. <laughs> I can step into that. Awesome. Love it. Greg Archer, thank you for joining us on our podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been a absolute Did you save your mustache? Oh, Stalin. <laughs> that put a lid on our conversation with Greg Archer. Greg, thanks for joining us and being vulnerable with us. If you want to find Greg and his work, check out gregarcher.com as well as the show notes for all the other links to find him online as well as the other things we referenced in this episode. 
Did you enjoy this episode? If so, the two best compliments you can give us are subscribing to this show on iTunes or your podcast player and leaving us a rating and review. That wraps up this episode of the Discover Your Inner Awesome podcast. For full credits, check the show notes. Shout out again to Greg Archer. For Martin McGovern, I am Rajiv Nathan. Until next time, we'll see ya. And personal with Robin Leach And I'm far from cheap I smoke stuff with my peeps all day Spread love, it's the Brooklyn way The Moet and Alizé keep me pissy Girls used to diss me Now they write letters cause they miss me I never thought it could happen This rapping stuff I was too used to packing gats and stuff Now honeys play me close like butter play toast From the Mississippi down to the East Coast Condos and Queens in dough for weeks Sold out seats to hear Biggie Small speak Living life without fear Putting five carrots in my baby girl ear Lunches, brunches, interviews by the pool Considered a fool cause I dropped out of high school Stereotypes of a black male misunderstood And it's still all good, uh And if you don't know, now you know, nigga Genesis. When I was dead broke, man, I couldn't picture this 50-inch screen, money green, leather sofa Got two rides, a limousine with the chauffeur Phone bill about 2G's flat No need to worry, my accountant handles that And my whole crew is lounging Celebrating every day, no more public housing Thinking back on my one-room shack Now my mom pimps a act with minks on her back and she loves to show me off, of course Smiles every time my face is up in the sauce We used to fuss when the landlord dissed us No heat, wonder why Christmas missed us Birthdays was the worst days Now we sip champagne when we thirsty uh, Damn right I like the life I live Cause I went from negative to positive And it's all And if you don't know, now you know, nigga uh. And if you don't know, now you know, nigga And if you don't know, now you know, nigga Representing B-Town in the house Junior